Hi, this is David Yaz at the Boston Podcast Network, hoping you are staying safe and healthy during this period of precaution over the coronavirus. It's difficult to connect with your clients and contacts in a period such as this, but here we continue to produce podcasts that allow you to connect with the people that you want to reach. You've got a rapt audience like never before. People are home, they're listening, and they're waiting to hear from you. We can create a professional podcast with a quick turnaround and do the whole thing remotely so you don't have to leave your home. Get in touch with us at pod617.com. From the Pod 617 Studios in Westwood, Massachusetts, it's the Boston Podcast with David Yaz and a rotating cast of characters from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. This is our city. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is Dave, and welcome to the Boston Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. If you like us, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review. Share it with a friend or an enemy. If you think it sucks, share it with an enemy. There you go. See? Win, win, win. So we, uh, as we do on this show, we talk with professionals about their business. We talk with business owners and entrepreneurs about their business. We got everything for you today. And man, is it topical because have you been out to restaurants, folks? Have you sat outdoors? Are you ready to sit indoors? <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, even though the governor has said restaurants have been making calls on whether to sit indoors or outdoors. Anyway, the point being, I've got an employment lawyer. My new friend, Chris Bruntus, is here. And with him, he brought two of his clients, Sean and Josh Briggs, who are the proprietors of not just Wicked Twisted Pretzels, their business, but also the Reunion Tap in Grafton, which is just opening as we speak. As we're recording this podcast, they are about to welcome some customers in. We're going to hear what the whole deal is, but guys, welcome. Thank yes. You. I hope that hello was there. hello everybody. I hope that was the appropriate amount of fun uh, fanfare. We've been um, just we were chit chatting before we started recording, and I got a glimpse through Sean's phone of the restaurant. And man, it looks it looks great. All all outdoors with a tent and the whole deal. It's kind of like the best outdoor wedding or bar mitzvah you've ever been to, I think. But we're going to get into that, Chris. Let's start with yeah. you. So, employment lawyer, Chris. And yep. represent interesting folks and successful folks like Sean and Josh. Why don't you tell us just a little bit about what you do and how you, how you met these these two guys? I take it you you guys are related, and not that's not just some Sean. Uh, is is Josh of your blood? You have the same last name. Yes. I noticed. Yeah, Josh and I. I'm Josh's older brother. We're four years apart. Okay. Although I'm gray and he's not, so nowadays people think I'm his uncle. <laughs> or even his dad. We're only four years apart. All right. They both. It's they all bo- the clean living. That's I'm sure at the at the reunion tap I'm sure and all the pretzels, um, Chris tell us uh, tell us a, a little bit about that to set the stage here. Well, they're brothers in beards as well as blood. Uh, they, a lot of beards. They, uh, <laughs> so I've been I've known Josh in particular for a while. I've my practice is um, you know we represent a lot of restaurants and in uh, in Josh worked at a, a large uh, restaurant concept years ago and uh, we stayed connected he also plays a mean guitar and uh, and um, has has wowed us all on, on clam bakes on the beach and then uh, pursued his own with with Sean pursued some entrepreneurial uh, dream with uh, their their own quest for the for the, the holy grail of the bavarian pretzel as mm. i recall the story Sean and uh, if, if you can't find the Holy Grail, you make it. And I think that's what they've done with Wicked Twisted Pretzels. And that moved into 
uh, Reunion Tap, which is a, just a, I'll let Sean talk about how great that place is, but you know, craft beers and Food Channel food, it's just wonderful. Before we get um, before we get to the boys, well, first off, I should say I went to school in Philly, which is the you know ground central of delicious pretzels. So I'm glad to see it's made its way to New England. But um, Chris, just just off the bat, let us know where your office is and and just for the record, where people can get in touch with you. I want to make sure we get that. Okay, well, um, our, the mothership here is in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, we've been we started our firm almost a decade ago, but I've been doing this for 30 years. Uh, we're employment lawyers and business litigators. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, being employment lawyers, the, your business tends to focus on those where employees are particularly critical. And it's professional services, but it's also restaurants. And a large part of our, our, of our practice is representing restaurants across New England. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's how we've got, you know, we got to know Sean and Josh through their through their work. And uh, we, we build close. We've, we've, we build close relationships with our clients. We know what they do. We've, we've known them for a long time. And uh, we're also a, a, a small business as well. And so we, in many ways, we relate to them entrepreneurially as well as, you know, look, my I've been in the restaurant business in a sense. Uh, my family has been since my grandfather came from from the old country, from the east, and mm. he's had his diner a hundred years ago, and in, in Boston. And I worked in restaurants, met my wife working in a restaurant. So restaurants have been the center of my life throughout my life, and and now in my professional life as well. And what is there a website we can direct people to if there are restaurant owners or others who are interested in your services? www.vaclegal com Brontus, Aaron Chandler, VAClegal.com. Excellent. Yes. And, and yeah. By the way, they, they accept uh, check, they accept cash, traveler's checks, and also pretzels, strangely, they, for, for payment. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, Sean, let's go to you. Tell us um, about, before we get into this pandemic business, let's get into sure. the, the fun part, which is how you came up with the idea, why, why the passion for pretzels and how that led, well, I was going to say how it led to beer, but I think I know that everyone knows pretzels go with beer. Yeah. So, but tell us, tell us about the origins. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. We're, we're beer guys with a pretzel problem. Um, so, you know, we, we grew up actually not far from a German bakery that made really wonderful pretzels and, uh, and then kind of forgot about it. And as we grew up, we got older. Josh actually did a stint in Philadelphia. He opened the Capitol Grill in Philadelphia. So oh my goodness. They moved to All Philly. Right. I was traveling. I was working for Bose Corporation. I was traveling a lot. I was going to Germany occasionally. And we have a, a tradition of getting together on Sundays with the whole family. So my parents, my kids, my wife, Josh's family. And we typically turn it into a cookout. We'd watch football. If it's football season or if it's nice, we'd have cookouts. And we started making um, – it started out with pizza. We started making thin crust pizza at home because we had a hard time finding pizza we liked in the Worcester area. Mm. And, um, and we grew up with New York pizza. So we wanted to kind of do that. And then one day Josh said, uh, he, he had moved back from Philly at that point. And Josh was like, you know, I really miss a good Philly pretzel. There like, we go. I, I knew it. Yeah. Let's make pretzels. <laughs> yeah. So about a hundred recipes later, we, it literally took us about a hundred tries. Um, we came up with a traditional Bavarian style pretzel re- recipe that we liked, all natural, you know, hand twisted, boiled like it should be like a bagel or a pretzel. Mm. You need to boil it, right? You can't just spray it with, you got to boil it. You got to stick it in the caustic solution. 
and that was that we, we liked the pretzels. Um, Josh, we're, we're musicians, but Josh plays out regularly and Josh had a regular standing gig on Sunday nights and he started taking leftover pretzels from the day to the bar at night. Mm-hmm. And the bar owner said, bring them every time I'll sell them at the bar. And so we started, Josh started selling pretzels at the bar that he was playing at. And then it got to the point where the owner of the bar said, listen, I want to put these on my menu regularly. So we started making them more and more pretzels. And it got it got overwhelming. We couldn't. We had our day job still. Yeah. So we were we were like we have to make a decision here. Do we want to really sell pretzels or is this silly? So we decided to go and we 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 invested some money, our time, kept our day jobs, and there was a couple of years, about two and a half, three years, where we were doing seven days a week. We were getting up at four in the morning and going to the bakery and making pretzels, and we'd go to our day jobs. I'd go home and have dinner with the family, and then go back to the bakery and make pretzels again all night. I, I love it. And, and uh, yeah, you, people don't understand when you get, I, I went to school at Penn. And so I fed myself on the food trucks outside, which in the eighties in Philly were a common sighting in Boston, not so much so until recent years, but everything you got came with a pretzel. <laughs> you get a sandwich, yeah. you get a cup of coffee. They give you a pretzel with it. And it's just so <laughs> u- ubiquitous. Um, Josh, tell me first of all. Tell me what the name of your your band is, and then and then tell me a little bit about whether your brother got it right or left some stuff out. So uh, we call ourselves Josh Briggs and Friends okay. because it's it's a group of about twenty of us that uh, have never ever actually had a formal practice, and we just we get gigs and we just kind of whoever can show up shows up, and um, and we just play music. Uh, Sean and I grew up playing music. And we took it very seriously. We uh, the same sort of entrepreneurial spirit that we've uh, continued with, as far as like opening Wicked Twisted and the and the restaurant and whatnot. We had that when we were younger, and we tried to be the next Nirvana or you know the next uh, Aerosmith, really. Nice. And uh, so we pursued that really passionately for about twenty years of our lives. And um, but with this new thing that I do now, there's zero ambition to do anything other than play music with friends. So when uh, that's all it is and that's all it's ever going to be. And we love it. But we play uh, all around the greater Worcester area, you know, uh, pre-COVID about three or four nights a week uh, if we could. Um, so it's a, a, actually we ended up playing our first post, uh, you know, new restaurant mm-hmm. uh, world gig last night in, in Worcester. At the, there's a new beer garden that opened up and there's about four or five of us that all got together and play. Nice. Is it, um, um, Josh, is it uh, original stuff or a cover band or what? Well, so it, it varies. Uh, typically, we I like to consider ourselves the world's greatest background music band. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so if you're hanging out in a bar, if you want to pay attention, there's some really fun, cool stuff happening. But if you're at the table right next to the bar, you can still have a completely comfortable conversation without yelling at the person next to you. And, um, and just enjoy the the ambiance of it, and I, we've really focused on that, which which is why I think we get as many gigs as we do because we're never that annoying band that thinks we're all rock stars. That's a great story about how you know it started with you and your brother messing around in in a garage or whatever. I love what Dave Grohl said about the American Idol culture, and that is that. And this wasn't that recent. It was whenever American Idol started up. It's like you got thousands and thousands of young kids standing in line to trying to get a tryout for American Idol. He said. Do me a favor. Don't do that. Get into a garage, find a shitty guitar, and start to play shitty music in a shitty band because that's because that's how Nirvana started. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, Josh, tell me about the the origins of um, your restaurant and what your what that ride has been like for you. Well, so I, I vowed um, about ten years ago to never get in the restaurant again. 
<laughs> and anybody who's actually done it would understand why. Sean probably gets it now too. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> oh, I got it then. <laughs> but um, Sean and I had a landlord that um, at our pretzel factory that um, was in the process of opening a new restaurant, and he. Um, it's okay. We we, um, we hear a lot of buzzes and beeps. It's okay. You're running a restaurant. Uh, it's chaos. I understand. <laughs> yeah, so th- sorry. So <laughs> no problem. Our uh, our landlord reached out to us and said, "Listen, uh, my father and I are thinking about opening a restaurant. Would you be willing to look it over the plans and our business plan and whatnot? Because they knew that I had had uh, you know I've been doing this my whole life, um, basically. So Sean and I looked over what they had planned." And um, basically said, well, that's a terrible idea. I would never do that. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, fast forward about a year. And we, Sean, the pretzel business was growing to a point where we were considering moving from our, our bakery location. Mm-hmm. Uh, and our landlord came to us and said, look, uh, rather than move, why don't I show you some other locations I have? He brought us to one of his places, which is out in Charlton right by Treehouse Brewing. I don't know if you know that uh, that brewery. No, but go ahead. But it's, it's basically, it's been, it's past like year and a half, it's been considered the best brewery in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people wait in line for hours and hours to get beer there. And sometimes they only walk away with like four cans of beer. It's pretty crazy. Um, hmm. But this place was directly across the street from there. And we, we basically said to our landlord, this isn't, this doesn't work for us, but I would build them some sort of restaurant, like a beer garden or something here. He liked that idea. Said, "Okay, let's go. Let's do it." And so we decided to start going down that road. In the meantime, he came back and said, "About this other restaurant we have, <laughs> would you guys want to come and be part of that too, and maybe give us your idea?" We came back with the idea of what Reunion is now, and they loved it. And we decided to partner in on this restaurant. Started, you know, still in the plans to move forward on the Charlton place, but you know, the past few months have put a little bit of that all on hold. But um that's uh, still in the works but so we're here and uh you know the last what 16 days have been incredible the 90 days prior to that were really uh, a challenge but sure. um, yeah i'm but sure we're here and-, and open for business i take it by the way it's reuniontap.com just how it sounds for more info and uh, you guys are out in grafton right is that right yep, yeah okay very good worcester county uh sean why yep. why is it called reunion tap well, you know, we're we're from we've lived here for 30 years in Grafton and uh, our partner, Sargon and his father, Elias, they also live in Grafton. Sargon was born in Grafton. And, um, you know, we wanted it to be a gathering place for people to meet with friends and family. And uh, reunion just seemed like it had a nice ring to it. And it is what we're about. You know, we, we see more of our friends in here than anyone else all the time. So it's a constant reunion. It's a place to gather. Love it's it. um. It's not pretentious. We have nice food. We make most, all of our food is pretty much from scratch and we use great ingredients, lots of local farm to table stuff, which is, you know, always appreciated by the, the local customers. Um, but it's also just a family gathering place. You know, it's, we want people to be comfortable here on a date or having a beer after they play golf or whatever, you know, Love it. Um, which in retrospect, I, I, when you think of it as like a class reunion, nobody's ever comfortable at those things, but <laughs> we didn't really yeah. put that into perspective. But, but beer, beer, well, beer and the, yeah, they are uncomfortable. But beer and pretzels make them more tolerable. I would say if you had that, <laughs> um, you know, I will have to come by, and you might say, "Well, Dave, when do you, I live in Sharon? Why would you get out to Grafton? I've been to Grafton many times. Usually, 
to see my friend's band play. My friend uh, Russ plays in a band called SNG. They play at the Post Office Pub. That's in Grafton, isn't it? Yeah. It's less than a mile from us. Well, yep, there you go. Neighbors. Well, I'll have to hit them both. And I'll introduce you to my buddy. He, he, he They're always looking for, for gigs as well. And, well, you know, sure. one musician I think, loves them. I think, I think I just booked them. Come on, really? SNG? Yeah, for real. Yeah, yeah I think I just booked them for uh, uh, a week from Saturday or Friday. That's awesome. They're they're very good cover band. They they play oldies, but they also play everything up to like you know uptown funk. My my buddy Russ, who's uh, been my friend since I was like twelve, is uh, the drummer. And SNG, the, I'll tell you a quick story about the origin of that band. They they had a guy in the band who was taking things a little too seriously and kind of getting on everybody's case. And most of them were playing for the love of music. They, they wouldn't mind getting paid for sure, of course. But, and the guy said, I think you guys are just playing for shits and giggles and I'm, I've had enough of it. And they said, okay, you're fired. And by the way, the new name of the band is SNG shits and giggles. <laughs> so, um, Chris, let me, uh, Chris, let me go back to you. You've been, you've been to the reunion tap and table. I presume. Tell us what it's like. Oh my God. It's, uh, uh, it was a favorite place to go uh, for my wife and I when because uh, Grafton is also fairly near the College of the Holy Cross, which is where sure. uh, one daughter of mine has already graduated. The other is a uh, rising junior. And so uh, when visiting, um, it's, 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 a, it's a place to uh, I, I'm not sure now what's the reason why we go there to go to Union Tap or to visit our kids. But <laughs> in, any, in any event, uh, it's um you walk in, it's, uh, it's, it's the sort of a, a very, I, I, is rustic a good word for it, Sean? Is it kind of a rustic feel when you go in, craft uh, beer, uh, you know, the, the chalkboard tells you what's up and what, what they have. The, the food, it's food channel food. I, you, know, you kind of expect Bobby Flay to, to tell you why it's so great. It really, uh, it's not just a burger, it's a really interesting burger. Um, it's um, in, in the... Um, that's Kathy and I just love it. My wife and I just love it. And we've gone more than once. And then, you know, COVID came. And so, yeah. and schools back in session, which they are opening, um, uh, in the fall, we will be back at reunion that for sure. Great. Wonderful. Great. Love it. Uh, Sean and Josh, by the way, I'm occasionally muting you when I hear th- that static. Yeah, so, fine. so, but please feel free to unmute yourself and Sean, I'll go to you. So now let's get to unfor- the unfortunate subject at hand, the reality that was the pandemic. Uh, obviously yeah. as I said, I was, Still is really, right? well, yeah, no. I, and I mentioned before we started recording, I, I was interviewing Avi Shemtov on this uh, podcast, who's the proprietor of Simka and Sharon, which was, you know, just about a year old and really hitting its stride when this thing hit. And what I said to him is what I'll say to you. Let's face it. It's been a bitch. There's no way to describe it for all of us, but I've always felt for the restaurant owners. So Sean, tell us what it's like and, and tell us hopefully that there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, I, I, I certainly think there is for us in the suburbs, you know, I'm scared to death for the, for the small city restaurants. I don't know how they're going to get through it. Cause there's no way they're going to do any real business till they can fully fill up inside. We're lucky. We have a big parking lot and we have a lot of people in town that support and the neighboring towns. So, you know, we're not far from the Pike or Route 9. So we get Shrewsbury and Westboro and um, Millbury are all right here. So there's a, there's a really great population with our, around us. So we can pull from those places and um, and fill our place up, you know, and we have 100 seats outside. But if we had like a sidewalk with 10 people on it, we'd be done. We wouldn't have bothered. Um, the previous 90 days, the, the 90 days of takeout only, was absolutely terrible. I mean, it, we literally did it just because first, because we had freezer full of food and a refrigerator full of food and, you know, all kinds of beer and stuff that we just wanted to sell through. 
Um, and then just to stay relevant, we wanted yeah. the town to know we were here. Um, and we did, a, I mean, we did a lot of takeout, but you know, it was 20% of our normal business and that was, that's not sustainable because right. you're, you're fixed overhead. They call it fixed overhead for a reason. It doesn't change. 20% right. of your weekly nut doesn't cover fixed mm-hmm. overhead. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we, we did do one of the PPP loans that, that everyone has heard about and that was helpful. Um, for us, it might, it might be enough. Um, but for some of those other restaurants, it might not. And again, if you've got a little 20, 30 seat restaurant in Boston and your landlord's not playing nice with you right now, you're done. Yeah. We're going to lose thousands. Thousands of restaurants are going to be, are just going to go away. Um, but now there's an, a light at the tunnel. Yeah. We've actually, believe it or not, last week, the opening week, uh, the first week we went outside, we had one of our best weeks ever, literally ever. Not That's tremendous. Ever. That's the best news um, I've heard. Hopefully that continues. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely a lot of pent up demand right now. So, We'll, let's see what it looks like end of July and people are still supporting or not. But uh, right now it feels good. Mm-hmm. Um, so John, you had mentioned it earlier. Go ahead. We, we had, we had made the decision. So today we're officially allowed to be open inside. We actually made the decision not to go inside for mm-hmm. now. And we're keeping it outside. Well, let me, let me throw that to, sh- to Josh and Josh, tell me about that decision-making and then kind of tell me what the setup looks like now under the tent. Well, yeah, I mean, we decided early on, um, even before the lockdown, when we started hearing about uh, the way that things were spreading and how sick people were getting, we, we started doing a lot of the social distancing stuff before being told to do it. We were all, you know, we're all pretty conscientious of uh, taking care of our guests best we possibly can. So we, you know, even before lockdown, we had already removed all paper menus. We had taken all the condiments off the tables. We were limiting server guest interactions we were separating guests uh things of that sort so when lockdown happened we you know obviously we were frustrated by that but um you know when we reopened we were ready we kind of already had a system in place and um we kind of we carried that over and our guests are are actually really loving it we've 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 created a system at our place where we have zero guest server interaction whatsoever well, so how, do, well, how does that how does that work go ahead so the guests will enter the uh, you know with the mask and they're greeted uh, at the host stand but there's a, there, there's a distance there and then they're directed to their table and on the table they actually have uh, laminated right onto the table uh, all the directions for how their service system happens they basically go online and they order just like they were taking a, a carryout order Wow and we prepare the food package it all up with all the utensils and everything they're going to need and bring it out and leave it on a pickup. We have a rack up front where they can come and grab the food. They then eat meal and they throw everything away. So nothing goes back into the kitchen where no, no glassware, no silverware, nothing. No, nothing's being touched by anybody other than the guests. And, um, and then when they get their drinks, they actually come into the bar area with a practice while practicing social distancing and they order the drink and the drink is placed down, but there's, there's a six foot distance easily between the bartender and the guest. Mm-hmm. And then they go all you go in one door and out another. So there's a traffic pattern where no one's um, interacting and all the doors, are, excuse me, all the doors are pinned open. So the guest literally doesn't touch anything in the restaurant. And even when they use the restroom, there's everything in there is touch free um, doors and everything. So they literally don't have to touch anything that they don't want to be or anywhere near anybody that they don't want to be. So, and we've, the response to that has been incredible. Every single day I hear uh, several guests say things like, I'm so glad you guys are taking all these precautions. And then they tell me some horror story about a server they 
were at the place they were at yesterday that didn't, you know, that they didn't feel as comfortable with. And yeah. um, so, you know, we're, we're taking it all very seriously, but it seems to all be working very well. Yeah, I've heard horror stories of that ilk as well. I was, I was with uh, my girlfriend at an outdoor coffee shop and we got sandwiches there and it seemed like they were practicing, you know, safe distancing and all the stuff they're supposed to do. But then we saw the owner come out, no mask, no gloves. And he was like hobnobbing with uh, who was a, was a client, uh, client customer, but, but also I think just a friend of his and kind of right on top of this other person. <laughs> and she's going, that's the guy that just made our sandwich, no gloves, no mask. What the hell's going on anyway? Um, but I love the innovation because, you know, um, I think it was about a year ago, maybe I saw a story about how in certain airports they were hailing these these restaurants in the airport with no no wait staff. And the thing was, they would have uh, an iPad that you would just sit down and just start to order. And then there would be a human who would bring it out. But now that was hailed as an innovation like pre pre COVID. So the creativity that that's I wonder if that's something that might actually stick permanently. Is that is that uh, possible, Sean? What do you think? I, I think so. Yeah, I mean, if, certainly until there's a vaccine, yeah. you know, um, we we went and analyzed all the touch points where there could really be an issue. And um, we decided that busters and servers that were going to the kitchen, to the table, back to the kitchen, back to the table, to the trash, to the dishwasher, back and forth with dirty dishes, that seemed the most likely way to spread. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, so all the doors are open. You literally don't have to touch the door handle. Our toilets flush by themselves. Our sinks dispense soap and water. You can you can have an entire meal meal here and only touch your food, and the table you're sitting at. We have a full time employee that stands outside and all they do is wipe down chairs and tables when people get up and leave. So when you sit down at the table, it's been sanitized. The chairs, the backs of the chairs, the seats of the chairs, the sides of the chairs, the legs of the chairs. We sanitize it. We sanitize the whole surface of the table. You sit down. You don't have to touch anything else except your food. Wow. And your food comes out of the kitchen and it goes out. If you're, you know, if it's slow, we just drop it at your table. But we have a we have a table out by the entrance and then we call your name and step away. So you can walk up, grab your food and go back to your table. You could be within you don't have to get within 10 feet of anyone, let alone six. We, you can stay, you know, safely from anyone and have an entire experience here. Um, we've also uh, designed it. So like the bartender, we have remote pay pads. So the pay pad is out on the bar and the bartender is behind the bar. So they tell you the amount and you can pay without having to give them your card or anything like that. Right. Uh, you know, everything's digitally online. Like Josh said, there's, there's no condiments. Anything that you need to touch is one use only. So we switched to ketchup packets and salt packets and all that stuff. Um, silverware with napkins, all you know, disposable like you're going on a picnic. And the fun right. thing is we've, we've, we've created this, this you know, it, I know it sounds like a hospital environment, um, a but the reality is we're having so much fun because at the same time we have, since we've opened a week ago Monday, or two weeks ago today, I should say, we've had yeah. nonstop live music from 11.30 every day until 9 p.m. every wow. night. Uh, bands nonstop, and we we're streaming it all live on Facebook Live, so you can watch all day long. If you're in the office, you can watch all of our live music going on. We um, we brought in uh, we brought in a frozen drink machine so that we can make it more. We really were kind of going for the like Key West Island patio vibe uh, <laughs> when we opened this put the outside here, uh, but all trying to keep it you know in the same sort of design aesthetic as our interior of our restaurants. So we put a lot of effort into, we built flower boxes that wrap around the whole thing. We have lighting, um, 
all around. We have lighting curtains. The place looks beautiful at night. We brought in a whole sound system of Sonos speakers. So when the band's not playing, you can hear beautiful mu- and the music like comfortably all through the entire tent. It really is an incredibly cool experience at the moment. And it's safe. So it's, uh, it's kind of the best of both worlds. Hey, Josh, I remember uh, back in the old days, you, you were like an apostle about, about hospitality and how you, you couldn't stand how a, a server would be like what you call the server bot. We would call in and say, hello, my name is, what are you guys doing, you know, and, and, and follow the script. It just seems so inhospitable. Um, that's one thing I, I should have mentioned about going to your place before COVID-19 is uh, I, I never felt that, right? It was always a, a, true, a genuinely hospitable place to be. So you're, just, and you're describing a very, very safe place right now. Um, how do you how do you do hospitality at a, that kind of social distance? And I, I heard. I guess one major thing is the music. Is there what else do you do? Well, so um, the 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 real key to hospitality is the the, the person you hire, right? You need the, the hospitality. In my belief, is not something you can teach someone. You, you need to have that gene, um, and there's ways to find people that have that, and we're, we're, we're incredibly lucky that we've got people here that not only are super passionate about our business and treat it like it's their own, but also just have that hospitality gene, and that's the same person that, you know, when you, when, when you go to their house to visit them, they're the person that are going in to get the crackers and cheese and setting up, making sure everybody needs drinks and making sure they're taking your coat and all those people, they do that stuff no matter what the situation is. So when you're here, they, they know things are different, but they're, you know, they're still, when they're getting greeted by the host, they're, you know, uh, they're, they're delivering that same elements of hospitality. When the, when the guests are coming in, even though we can't recognize half of them because they've got the face mask over their face, um, we still, you know, we're still making that connection. You know, our, our servers, our bartenders, and our really, a lot of our servers have come back, but they're doing more like host position jobs, which is not really a host. It's more of like a guide of our restaurant. They're the ones that are helping people through the ordering process, helping them find you know, uh, making suggestions and that sort, but again, all social distance, but they, they are always looking out for, to give the guests the best experience they can have, but they also want to make the connection. We really want them to just be themselves with the guests. So the guests, you know, they might get a different experience tomorrow with a different bartender, but it's still going to be great. And, and that's sort of what we're trying to do here. So we're up against the clock here a little bit, gentlemen, but we're going to, I got, I have one final question for each of you. It's time for the, the final question, the final question on the Boston podcast. This is not a regular segment of the show. I just made it up. But Chris, what you, Chris, my, my question for you is the next time that you go to the reunion tap, what are you most looking forward to in terms of either beer, food, or what, what it might be? Well, first it's the beer. Do you, do you have a go-to flavor? I don't know. It's a, brand. Uh, a red ale. Nice. If you got a red ale, I would... I'm, that's what I'm looking for. If, if that's maybe if you don't have that, I'll go for the brown ale, um, and, and you know, and then of course I'll just try anything. So, um, uh, so I'll go. I'll certainly order off the chalkboard, and um, I'm, you know what? I'm I'm really thinking about a burger at. <laughs> Good. Well, you can do. We have a great burger. You can do more uh, than think about it. That is one of the great things about going to. Uh, 
uh, tap place like you guys have is just letting your eyes just wander up and down that chalkboard. So much fun. So, um, Sean and Josh, I'm going to uh, call upon the musician in you. And my question for both of you is if you have to close a celebratory post-pandemic set as a band, what song might you close with? And you're not allowed to say one of your cool original songs. You have to say a song that everybody's heard of. So, um, Sean, you want to take that first? Sure. Well, you know, um, being that Josh and I were in a band in the 90s that really, you know, we toured and everything. And the band, um, the song Closing Time was definitely played at a lot of bars we were at. Sure. And it just, it, it fits. You know, Josh and I have been doing a, a live Facebook every night called Last Call. And we definitely have talked about closing time. And that whenever I hear that song, I remember of our days traveling around, uh, playing all over the country with our band. And uh, that, you know, so that's I, a good one. Is it, what's this, you know the song closing time. Yeah, by closing yeah time. by Semi Sonic. I know that song Semi-Sonic, because yeah. for years my friend fought me. Actually, it was over the course of a weekend we were on a trip to Vegas. We kept hearing that song, and he said, "Yeah, I love Blink One Eighty Two. I go, "That's not Blink One Eighty Two, you idiot." Yeah. Yeah. He said, "Yes, it, everybody thinks that's by somebody else. It's by yeah. Semi Semi Sonic." Yeah, and actually, the, I think it was the drummer for Semi Sonic wrote. Um, a book about the fame, you know, sort of being a one hit wonder and what that was like. Yeah. Anyway, um, Josh, same <laughs> question, man. Well, first of all, I want to say, although I love Chris Rontes, uh, seeing him in my restaurant isn't always my favorite thing, seeing as he's an employment lawyer. <laughs> uh, there's, there's a, it's not always the best reason to have uh, somebody come to visit. But I love seeing you at the beach, though, because then we're never talking about work. Um, <laughs> Chris, Chris hosts a wonderful beach party every year, and uh, we miss it this year. For oh, sure. next year. Josh, you're stalling. What's the song, man? Oh, uh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, I'm thinking uh, it's got to be, you know, why not? Let's say it's We're Not Going to Take It by Twisted Sister. <laughs> about all the nonsense we're dealing with right now. I love it. I love it. Why not? By the way, <laughs> it, it, if you're looking for things to binge on TV, there's a wonderful documentary about Twisted Sister about their history. Oh, much, yeah. Have you yeah. seen that? Yeah, it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, we have. It's called. Pardon my friends. We are fucking Twisted Sister or we are Twisted <laughs> fucking sister. It's definitely one of those. One of those two. Anyway, well, as it happens, it, it seems like it's uh, it's unfortunately it's closing time for this podcast. But I hope you guys <laughs> had fun. Um, Thank you. Let me remind people, the great Chris Vrentis, the employment lawyer, can be reached at VAClegal.com. And of course, oh, the, the dulcet tones of Semisonic. There we go. Um, Reunion Tap, check it out. They're in Grafton. Go to ReunionTap.com. Can people make reservations, guys? Yeah, we recommend them. We're booked every night right now. So really? make reservations. So you web- Book solid. Website or call or which? Call. Yeah, we're, we have to manage it by phone right now. So Go ahead. give us a call. Hit us. The we'll number's go. on the website. Okay. Well, give it give it out anyway. What the hell? Do you know it? Josh? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know it. All right. Go to the website, <laughs> reuniontap.com. They can't be expensive. They're, they're busy cooking and setting up tables and tents. They can't do everything for you people. Guys, I hope you had an awesome time on the Boston Podcast. Uh, thanks so much, guys. Thanks so much, Thank David. Thanks. All right. Well, once again... Thanks to my guests. Thanks for listening to the Boston Podcast. On behalf of Chris, Sean, and Josh, and the Reunion Tap, my name is Dave. I'm just a guy from Boston. But if you're not from Boston, you must be the other guy. Enjoy the day, everybody. It's closing time. I'm going to get a burger. Closing time. Time for you to go out to the places you will.